Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. All right, well, welcome back to the Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio, Studio. known as Moles, here on Highway 45 Alternate in West Point, Mississippi. The thriving metropolis. I've always wondered if there was would ever be an opportunity to change West Point to Mossy Oak, Mississippi. Mm. I've never thought about that. Would you be supportive? You know, it's funny how I would get confused when I was younger because there was West Point and Mossy Oak and then Moss Point. Mississippi. We still get that a lot. Yeah, people. A lot of people think we're in Moss Point. Yeah, but here we are, kind of on the eastern side of the state, edge of the prairie, the Black Belt, and just a little microcosm of conservationism. (laughs) (laughs) That was Lanny Wallace. Everybody, he's uh, a staple here on the Gamekeeper uh, Podcast. Hey, uh, yeah, quick. We got to give a quick shout out to Mr. Fox. It's his birthday today. Happy 90th birthday, Mr. Fox. OGK is what he is. He he is is the original Gamekeeper. He is. I don't know if a lot of you know. I use the um, the story a lot. You know, we everybody hears a story about Toxie and the fistful of dirt and wanting to get closer to turkeys and everything else. But the backside of the story that nobody ever hears is the conservation work Mr. Fox had done in the decade before that here with turkeys and bringing turkeys. Maybe it was from Moss Point or somewhere down in the... It was in the Catfish Point. Catfish Point, yeah. yeah. In Greenville, Mississippi. Bringing turkeys in here and stocking them. So, you know, if you think about it from that perspective without, uh, you know, what he did, we might not be sitting here in front of these microphones right now. Wow. Pretty interesting. I I, I do love referring to him as the original gamekeeper because when you hear that story and others, he He was very conservation-minded at an early age. No matter. And you remember that old video of him talking about the worm turns. You know, I spent the first part of my life taking Mm -hmm. from the land, he said, and then the worm turned, and I wanted to start giving back as much as I could. So he is the epitome of a gamekeeper. He really is. Happy 90th birthday. That's incredible. Woo, woo. And slammed a couple turkeys this year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. come on, give me a break. I yeah. hope, you know, I don't think I'm yeah. going to make it. I know I'm not going to make it that long, but at least I hope I Boy, you know, get he, to enjoy he, it as long as he is. He's incredible. He is the energizer, bunny. It's, it's like you're talking to somebody your age. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he's everybody's friend. I mean, yeah, he it's, is. It's just amazing. And such an inspiration to so many people. So. Well, he's, he's a great role model for – you throw out an aspect of life, yeah. and he is a great role yeah. model for that. There's from work to his family to yeah. uh, just anything. And he's the king of listening and then giving you a summary in, like, five words. You know, they owe you can be right or you can be happy. happy. <laughs> you know, that is. We all know that. Mo- There's so much wisdom in you know the little short things that he has to say. There is the way his processor works. There so, is a true, true gentleman, a southern game, gentleman, southern gentleman, which is important. And OGK, the original gamekeeper, he so. is. And, and uh, think about how long he's been wearing bottom land. Oh man, I mean, think about the influence he's had on the industry, really. Mm-hmm. You know. And and never traveled much really. So amazing man. Amazing man. Living legend. 
Yeah, he is. Well, over here on my left side, that, that was Lanny that was doing most of that. So right. now over here on the left side is Dudley Phelps. Hey, who guys. Is, uh, we lovingly refer to as the tree nerd. And Dudley's got the Ask Dudley column going on. Yeah, y'all email me some questions. What is that email address? My email address is dphelps at mossyoak.com. But there is, what is it? Ask, ask Dud. Ask Dud. At mossyoak.com. At mossyoak.com. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think you're right. That's that's what I was expecting you to say anyway. Was that Because we created this, Lanny created this new email address, and I was expecting... That, the, that you give that one out. So anybody's got any questions from anywhere from when can you uh, stop wearing white? And that, I think that's Labor Day. Corduroy. Yeah, corduroy, corduroy questions. Corduroy. Any corduroy fashion questions? questions, any tree questions? Right. Deadly, it's right up. Even etiquette. Yeah, I, he I'm, is really good at etiquette. I know a lot of people, so just for full disclosure, I, I get a lot of help with those questions. Like fashion, I'll probably call my buddy Roger in Mobile and ask him. I always ask you Bobby know. my fashion questions. Right. <laughs> That's why that I look so good. <laughs> oh, man. Who do you ask your hygiene yeah. questions? That would be a good one. Yeah. Everybody gives me advice on my hygiene. Yeah, you, you need know. to fire whoever. Yeah. You know. Always. Why aren't you shaving? You stink. Why are you so dirty? Oh, goodness. You know. Well, look, before we get too far into it, we got a special guest today, but uh, Mark Drury. Yeah, talk and, about uh, a gamekeeper. Yes. I mean, he's. He's getting close to the OGK status. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, look, he, he, he may be – he's in top five of oh. my of who I would say are the best gamekeepers. No I question about it. He, he really – he and his brother mm-hmm. and Terry, and they're they, they incredible. And, I, I mean, I don't know how much y'all know, but Mark actually interned here after college. So, I think he reached out to Tox. He came in when we were manufacturing clothes still. Uh, and spent some time here. I lived in Toxie's house uh, over the summer, and uh, has been a uh, probably. They're for, they are really close friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he, their business. You know, obviously, we're great business partners and great friends. I love when they share all those old photos yeah. of them doing with the big thing. glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them had big glasses. Yeah, the big glasses. Yeah. That was well, before you wore glasses, Bobby. Yeah, that was before. So. Look, let's let me. Uh, you know what? This is a challenge keeping you two guys on a on down one road. But yeah. so let's talk before Blame we get before we get with Mark. Let's talk about what's going on around here because it is chaos right now. It is chaos. What you got going on, dude? Uh, well, we've got some stuff for sale on the nursery website. Um, yeah, we're getting some cold, not cold, cooler nights. People are getting excited about the fall and the winter and habitat work and all that so yeah we're, we're getting a lot of phone calls uh, biologics going really well right now mm-hmm. the guys in the south are starting, starting to get to rolling here yeah yeah north is wide open that's true well it, it is food plot planting time for sure we've got uh i mean it's chaos right now it people, is chaos. people trying to get seed and be ahead of uh, some weather patterns and people in the north are probably they should have all their seed in the ground mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. people in that transition zone they're probably planting or have planted or about to plant and then guys in the south are making preparations to plant yeah trying to treat our duck holes and make sure the army worms are off of them and then move on to food plots so well this is one of my favorite times of year. i love to smell freshly plowed dirt yeah i tell you too it's funny yesterday we were um out having to cut some limbs off a ditch to get a disc back in to work on a uh, little waterfowl impoundment. And I was like, oh, I feel the fall in the air. And I looked, and it was 92 degrees. And I was like, oh, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was driving home the other night from yeah. doing something. I looked down, it said 7.52 mm-hmm. p.m., and it said 89 degrees on my windshield. Yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's almost dark, and it's still almost 90 degrees. And the funny thing is, like, oh, it's cooling off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and when it's only forty-five percent humidity, oh, that, it's so that nice. feels so good. <laughs> so, a couple of things. Uh, right now, that final forage is really hot. Yeah, it, it, and you know, and it's a blend of our best ingredients from Maximum. It's got deer radishes in it, and it's also got 
winter bulbs. It is a fantastic. So it's a ninety percent brassica. Well, it's, those are all brassicas, all brassicas. And, and but it's uh, you know all the seeds are coated and it's uh, plants a third of an acre. That's one that I that I'm real excited about. And yeah, well, we I mean we used to always kind of make our own mix, brassica mix. Yeah, um, and I think that final forage is probably a perfect ratio for for most people. Help me understand seed coating. Well, uh, when that when that seed sprouts, if, if you have a coating on it, and, and they, they inoculate it with all kinds of stuff, but it's almost like instantaneously that seed has a, a little bitty nutrient package that it can access the minute the root comes out of that seed. Huh. And it, it just gives it an immediate jump that it wouldn't otherwise have without it. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed using it. I know it looks good on the shelf. I lasted all the about Look at that blue stuff in there. It helps with seedling survival. It, it really does. Yeah. It, it really does. So could you, in theory, Plant lower your less. planting rate? You, you, then that's kind of the science behind it. Because mm-hmm. the coating takes up, uh, it makes the seed a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. larger. It's easier to see. Actually, uh, when you when plant the food plots, you can see the blue seeds or whatever color they are. And um, it, and you can you have a higher seedling survival, so you could plant less. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. much, but a little bit. Seems like it would be really important on those brassicas, too, since they're such powerhouse annuals. Where it's <laughs> really important is on clover, mm-hmm. those little tiny seeds. So what's the difference in inoculation versus seed coating? Well, inoculation, you can inoculate without coating. But uh, clover, our clovers are inoculated with, I always mispronounce Rhizobia. It, that's right. And so there it, it, it's a, it just helps those. It, they're supposed to already be in the soil. Mm-hmm. But this guarantees that they're right there to mm-hmm. help that seedling get started. They're just super, super important. Then there's some seeds that need to be inoculated. Like some people actually inoculate soybeans. Sometimes you buy them, they're pre-inoculated. Sometimes they come with inoculation packs that you mix up mm-hmm. yourself and put in with them. But uh, whenever you can add some inoculant, I think they, they all perform a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So we, we inoculate all of our clover, gotcha. pre-inoculate, so the consumer doesn't have to do anything. And I guess Final Forge is our only coated. Right now, no, we've messed around with coatings since day one, and but we've, we've coated our clovers. Since mm-hmm. the very beginning. Gotcha. Yeah. But this is the first time we've coated brassica seeds. Yeah. Uh, I found it really helps in a condition that's not perfect. Mm-hmm. So, Which is most food plot situation. Right. Uh, last year, using my little throw and mow technique, we may get into that one day. But, yeah, I was uh, going to ask about that. I think I didn't have a single rain on top of my brassica, but I had that slight little mulch layer. And it, it trapped the moisture, and I really think that coating. So you used final forage. Yeah, I really think that coating is the reason that it you had germinated. Are you going to try to do that again this year? I am. Oh, good. I think we need to do it at Macon too. Make it make it make it easier to make it. So let's get Mark on. Uh, why don't we get Mark on the phone? But while we're doing that, why don't we go to commercials? And uh, one of the things I, with this show, I want to make sure we mention Ferminator. They're a big part of our food plots mm-hmm. and what we do. And uh, check them out on their, their website. You can Google Ferminator. It's a great product. And so let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll have more. The Gamekeeper magazine is our life outdoors on paper. We love Gamekeepers magazine. It's full of great information, full of ideas on how to make the habitat better from plots to trees to whitetails and waterfowl it's total farm management there's so much information in gamekeepers especially when it comes to managing your property you can't go wrong if you want to improve your habitat for wildlife pick up our gamekeepers magazine gamekeepers the journal of wildlife stewardship Okay, everybody. Well, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Drury on the line here with us. Mark, we are so glad to have you. Man, thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy talking about deer hunting, especially when it's with my favorite people. 
Well, we're huge fans of yours, and we—if uh, uh, you could have been listening a few minutes ago, we we kind of did a little list of a Mount Rushmore type thing or top five gamekeepers, and you're def- you and Terry both are right there at the top of the list. Yeah, we call them OGKs, the original gamekeepers. So, uh, <laughs> well, right. I appreciate that you guys are too kind, but more importantly, we just enjoy learning. You know, I, mean, I think that's the the key to this is talking to as many people as you can and asking questions and learning. And uh, you never want to stop learning, whether you're deer hunting or trying to become a, a food plot farmer or a gamekeeper. There's always so much more information out there to, to be had. Yeah, there really is. And, and what's interesting about your scenario is you've got this, you know, the the Drury Outdoors team. There's a lot of really smart guys when it comes to hunting and creating food plot architecture to create environments that they can harvest deer in and you guys can work with each other and teach each other a lot of stuff it's amazing we try to and um you know we learn from everybody though you know I, i think of the conversations that we've had through the years bobby and the information you've given me and Dr. Grant has been so helpful to us, and I've got a a new buddy in in Dustin Wiseman that I met, I don't know, I say a new buddy, probably a decade ago. He's been very helpful. Austin Delano, I mean, everybody has helped so much, and the thing to do when when somebody's speaking about food plots or or deer hunting, I always try to shut up and listen and be that sponge and and just, you know, write down notes in my phone if I have to, certain things that I know I'm going to use in the future, because my memory's not as good as it should be, especially when it comes to technical stuff. So I'm a big note keeper, and, and Wade and I trade notes back and forth so that we have multiple sets of it. And it uh, it really has helped us just having a great support group, not only with the Dre Outdoors team, but many in the, in, in the industry that we trust. Now, that makes a lot of sense, and uh, I can see you doing that. I can see you taking notes from people. I've seen you asking questions, and they are – some pretty in-depth questions when you when you get in when you start drilling into something you really drill into it yeah you're asking well, if you drill them, i'm sorry go ahead now when we uh when we were talking about the soybean uh product launched this spring and the the you i think your first question was like uh, what amino acids does it have in and i was like the soybeans have amino acids in them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, that's stuff that we've learned just about not the palatability of the plant, but the palatability of the bean once it's mature. You know, we've been doing a lot of observation over the last several years, and we really feel like we've got the bean we love. And uh, our, our big issue with soybeans up here is our ability to keep them weed-free. So, I mean, if, if they're not dicamba-ready or, or something outside of, of Roundup, we just can't keep the water hemp out. And the pigweed, I mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, just horrible. I looked at a green field yesterday that we worked up to a powder, and, and we planted it to last bite, and, you know, Culp's Pack did all the stuff. And, I mean, it's a green carpet of water hemp right now. And oh, I, I just, no. we really struggle with that weed in, in our country. Wow. Yeah, it's that's part of the world. So, look, Mark, if you had to start thinking about what all you've learned through the years, if you started trying to think of of advice of like three or four things a guy must do to have success with his food plot, where where would you start? What would you throw out as being just a few of the just the most important things? Well, in terms of growing the food plot, you know, there's there's nothing you can do that's more important than a soil test and making sure your soil's right. Because if your soil's not right, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So first and foremost, do a soil test. If you don't know how, there's a lot of information online, or you can go to the biologic website and figure out how to send your sample in and, and take it and, and uh, get the soil right, first and foremost. Uh, after that, I think some of the advice that I would give to, to someone, especially when it comes to growing groceries, is to go to the local co-op or the local FSA and and talk to their chemical reps, talk to their seed reps, and, and get some information about how to plant and the correct seed depth and the correct soil bed prep. Soil bed is so important, not only in terms of um, what the end result's going to be, but just to make sure that you're taking care of that soil bed long term and you're not losing topsoil. 
where you put that food plot is very important. You know, whether you want it on the egg grade stuff on the top of a ridge or down in the bottom, and you really want to make sure you're planting the right products in each of those soil conditions as well. That that can help make sure you have success. In terms of killing advice, then I would say tuck them as close to good cover as you possibly can and make sure you've got good access going in there. And you want to plant the appropriate size food plot. You know, what type of deer density are you dealing with? What product are you going to put there in order to uh, accommodate that deer density? If that deer density is high and you're limited in size, then you need something that's going to regenerate as they eat it, you know, like uh, wintergrass or tropios. However, if your deer density is low, say you're in, in upstate New York or something and, and you're planning on having success early part of the season and you're limited in size, I'm going to go with deer radishes. Um, clover, the non-typical clover is also one of my, my top things that I love. I, the more I hunt and the more I food plot, and you could ask Bobby because he sees my orders every year, the more clover I plant. <laughs> and then there's a maintenance. Yeah, that's true, yes. There's a maintenance schedule that goes with that. So all of those different things really lead to success. So it, it's when you come to food plotting and deer hunting both, it comes down to eliminating uh, mistakes before they ever happen. You can do that by listening to podcasts like this or perhaps Googling it, finding stuff online, going to DeerCast, getting information from there, looking at Onyx, deciding what size fields you're going to plant, look at the slope of the hill, what product is best suited for that type of soil. Um, there's a lot of research you can do before you ever go afield, and it will help you, you know, expect success. Yeah, that, that's really good advice. That One thing that you hit on was about uh, deer density and the size of the plot. And we we hear a lot of guys, oh, yeah. especially here in the Deep South, they'll have a little a small logging ramp that they'll plant that might be a quarter of an acre, and the deer just annihilate it. They've got to figure out a way to have a, a larger plot. Right. It, that, that or put up an electric fence to keep them out until, until they're ready to hunt it. We've had good success with that as well. If you are limited in the space that you can plant, you can you can definitely keep them out with an electric fence. It sounds counterintuitive, but if you if you it's a lot of work to put up too. But if you get rid of it at the right time, um, it, it, you can have really immediate success. Yeah, we've you know we've we've done some of that, and we kind of uh, the word we've used it's like storing groceries in the refrigerator for mm-hmm. to, that the deer are going to eat later on. It's yeah. more like stored them in the oven to them. <laughs> Well, especially in the south, too, you know, we have such high deer densities. Some of these brassicas and some of these super annuals we plant don't get enough time to get established so they can withstand browse. Uh, so it's important uh, for us to try to keep them out of there for a little while. It's funny that it is kind of counterintuitive that I'm creating a food plot and I want to keep them out of it until uh, a certain time. Yeah, but, yeah the radishes have kind of gotten like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's almost like planting beans. The deer just devour them. Yeah. They like them so much that you have to plant a brassica that they prefer less mm-hmm. for them to eat on once they've eaten all the radish. You know, it's just so much you're, goes into it. You're, you're exactly right. You have to really balance out what you're planting with when you expect to hunt and how many deer you're trying to feed. It, it is a, it's a, it's a real equation there somewhere. And, and, and that equation can change year yeah. in and year yeah. out based on rainfall and also based on, the longer you continue to plant there, the more deer know that it's there and the more that show up to feed there, and the quicker they'll eat it down to the dirt, particularly radishes, man. They they, they love those the first year, but they seem to almost acquire a taste, and by years four and five of putting radishes on a property, I mean, they just take them to the, to the dirt. It's uh, Those are the plots, the radishes, are the ones that we have a tendency to put a hot wire fence around. That that's so interesting because they uh, it, it, are are they are the the, the radishes producing the long tuber like you would expect them to? Sometimes they're more often than not. I think the the plant gets so much pressure from browse it doesn't fully get to make make the fruit, if you will. Right. Uh, that that's my gut. But I mean, we we plant them in a situation where we're expecting success in the early season. And we will always have winter bulbs and sugar beets somewhere close or in the general proximity 
proximity or on the same farm that has a, a destination for later in the season up for gun season. So if it's a plot we're planning on bow hunting, say October 1 through November 15th, it's radishes. If it's a plot we're planning on hunting during the gun season in the latter part of the year, uh, Green Revisited, you know, like phase, phase 11 and beyond in the show 13, that's almost always winter bulbs and sugar beets mm-hmm. and, and larger and larger. Sure. You know, uh, we, we were talking earlier about a new blend we have called Final Forge. I think you, you and your guys were, are going to really like working it into your into your, your playbook there. But it, the Final Forge has got deer radish, it's got winter bulbs, it's got maximum. It's got a little bit of everything in it. And it I think it's going to be a winner for a guy that can only plant one food plot. And it's coated. With it's cool looking blue stuff. <laughs> it, is a, it is a beautiful blue. I just put them in the plot yesterday. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, Bobby. Like, I was trying to get the Delta Ag seed coat on it. Does, does it really need that on that particular product? We were asking that amongst ourselves. You know, um, I would go ahead and put it on there, uh, but. I'm not. I, I, I'm not 100% sure how that would work with the coating. My understanding, the coat on the final forage, uh, it's called nitro coat, and it's it's a form of nitrogen mostly. Whereas the the Delta Ag is going to be more like uh, chelated micros, so it would it it would be beneficial to do both. Okay, we did because we have so much confidence in the Delta Ag seed coat. We put both on there, but it doesn't stick to that like it does some of the other seeds. It was it was interesting. We were trying to, trying to get it, and I kept putting more and more in there. But, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see the, the results with Final Forge. We, we definitely included it in our strategies on, on some key plots this year. Some of those radish fields that we eh, wouldn't hurt our feelings if we still had some green here later in the season. So we uh, we put it several places based on your recommendation. Hey, folks, it's Jeff Foxworthy. You know, when I was a kid, my dad bought back the farm that he had grown up on, and I absolutely loved that place. I knew every square inch of it. It truly was my favorite place on earth. And when you're looking to find a favorite place for you and your family, Mossy Oak Properties can help. Visit MossyOakProperties.com to begin your search today. When I first bought this farm a short time ago, every single field was growing up with brush eight and 10 feet high. But it went from that to this. And even though I planted Biologic with very little moisture in the ground, I was really amazed at the results. I just sat in this field with my wife as she shot her very first deer. We could not be happier. We made a memory that will last a lifetime. All because of the effectiveness of the best food plot seed on the market. Biologic is better seed, pure and simple. Log on to plantbiologic.com to learn more. Hey, I'm Toxie Hayes. And I'm Cuz Strickland. You know, here at the Mossy Oak brand, a primary thing that we all believe in is the good that we do will last long after we're all gone which is why we challenge everyone who loves the outdoors and the critters who call it home to participate in the second annual Mossy Oak Properties National Day of Conservation. That's right, Tox. It's Saturday, September the 26th. We challenge you to do something for conservation. Plant a tree, clean a stream. Hey, introduce somebody to the outdoors. We want everybody to know that if you love the outdoors, you're the tip of the spear and you're a part of this conservation effort. Absolutely. So the most important thing is, are you in? Do you accept the challenge? I accept it. You accept it. So let me ask you one more question. One of the things that we always try to preach and teach, you know, lime is one of them and, and, uh, but the other is fertilizer. We're trying to encourage and educate and teach guys that, hey, you know, don't forget the fertilizer when you plant these plots. Because, you know, every field, if you're planting an acre, it needs several hundred pounds of fertilizer. So Terry and I were just talking about this. We have a rule on the farms, his and mine. The seed doesn't go in the ground until the fertilizer is already there. And, uh, you know, even if you can't go out and do a uh, soil test, at the, at the worst-case scenario, at least put two to three hundred pounds of triple thirteen down, and and another hundred to two hundred pounds of pelletized lime, uh, and, and you'll do yourself a favor and save yourself a, a lot of headache. 
by making sure those plants have the nutrients they need to grow healthy and uh, outlast that browse pressure. Good point. It, it really is. I wish, uh, you know, the what we try to explain to people, and sometimes they get it, and sometimes they just have to see it. Sometimes they have to experience it and have a bad plot. But these the the brassicas that we love so much are so good at extracting nutrients out of the mm-hmm. soil. I mean that's why we love them, and they make them they make those nutrients readily available in the leaves. When a deer browses those leaves, he's consuming those nutrients. So that plot needs to be soil tested every year, and you add back what has been depleted. Right, right. It's a very hungry plant, like corn. I mean it it loves that nitrogen. Um, but the, you know, Bobby, that was, I was talking about some of the things we've learned and you, you were the one that brought that to my attention. You were like, it's not just the, the Y and the P and the K, it's also the micronutrients. And mm-hmm. since we've started adding those back, we've not had a single problem with, you know, plants that were purple or yellow or didn't look the right color. As you can recall, I've sent you pictures. I'm like, what's wrong with my food plot, man? Right. And you're like, you, you got to make sure putting those micronutrients back in so since we started doing that we've had zero problems and if you go to the fsa that's common language for them and uh, they can they can help you out with the mixture that you need to add in there every single year and it'll correct that problem pretty quickly that's that, that's so good to hear because that that really is a, a, a common problem that was that you mark <laughs> I'm here. Okay. We had a sonic boom yeah well we, we thought you might have had an accident for a second but you know the the, a common thing that we hear is a guy will call one year, and, and my plot looked beautiful. And then this year, it's a little yellow, it's a little purple, and don't know what's going on. But it's then you'll ask him, "Hey, well, did you fertilize?" And, no, I, you know, I just I didn't have time this year or whatever. And it's just, it, you know, it's 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 really really a problem if they don't do it right. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's a big deal. We also do that in our cornfield. We go corn on corn in some of the farms. And uh, Dustin Wiseman was like, yeah, absolutely. You can go corn and corn if you want to. Just add back this, this, and this. And we've added the micronutrients back into that. And we grow, you know, 150 to 250 bushel uh, corn a year, depending on the rainfall. Uh, uh, and we have zero issues with it. Without rotating? Yeah. Wow. Without rotating. Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. And it, I mean, we've, we've had probably five, six years in a row where we have corn on corn on corn and i always thought you had to rotate and as long as the soils are stable in other words they're not going to erode um it's you know dustin doesn't mind it at all he's a uh, works for chemical out of southeast missouri i met him in a cardinals ball game and he has just helped us tremendously i, I think you might have talked to him bobby at some at one point i sure but, have uh, yeah. man is he a he's a wealth of knowledge and they they do corn over corn he said he's got farms down there that have done it 15, 20 years in a row. It's wow. just about adding those nutrients back to the soil. You know, it goes back to what you started with about being a sponge and seeking out people that have knowledge about things and listening and learning from them, and that's what you've done there. And that is the funnest part of yep. it. He can hit the nail mm-hmm. on the head from the beginning mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, we did. We, we, you know, in Helen Chemical, we've done a lot of different things with them. There's some mm-hmm. smart guys for sure. No so, doubt. Dudley, have you got any questions for Mark? Mark, what do you guys do about? Do you rotate your brassicas? We uh, we hear people say that you have to do that. I I kind of have my idea. What what's your thought on that? We do not. I've I've had areas where I put the same brassicas back in several years in a row and after bobby corrected that problem for me and we started adding the micronutrients back in on an annual basis we've had zero problem putting you know white tail uh or the deer radish on top of the deer radish multiple years in a row or winter bulbs and sugar beets multiple years in a row so no we've not been uh rotating them we just add the micronutrients back good answer i've i've been playing with you know doing the same thing and uh when you think about it there's a season in between your brassica season. So there's going to be weeds and maybe mm-hmm. another crop in between. So essentially you are rotra- rotating them. Right. Hmm. So Mark, uh, yep, absolutely. Mark, let me ask you an- another question uh, where you guys are in Missouri and Iowa. 
talk just a little bit about the timing of when you put that food plot in the ground, what you've learned works best for that zone up there. Well, if I had to pick a single date or a date range, I would love to put them in like the 20th of August and, and get an inch and a half of rain on the 21st through the 25th. If I had the ultimate date range, uh, but, we have so many, we start planting some of these, you know, we've got probably 60, 70% of our fields already in, and here we are 19th or 20th of, of August, and we've held off on some last bite stuff and winter and uh, winter grass, uh, but I like 15th to the 25th, somewhere in there, it's, I think, just ideal, uh, but it all comes down to rainfall. I mean, you know, anymore, if there's no rain in the forecast, if it's a, you know, a dry seed bed, we just seed coat the living tar out of it and put it in there, and it'll sit there and wait. That's another thing I've, I've learned from you, Bobby. If, if there's no rain in the forecast, you can put them in and let them sit in, in dry dirt for, you know, maybe a month if, if you had to. And that's, that's the situation we're in right now. Uh, we're, we're very dry, and we have a lot of seed sitting there waiting for rain. So if we could catch them here in the next 10 days, I'd be a happy camper. Yeah, well, we need to we need to cheer for you guys to get some rain up there. It, it looked like y'all have had a pretty good summer as far as rainfall. Oh, tremendous summer! Our beans are as tall as they've ever been, and we've got corn that's twelve foot tall and three years on it. And I was talking to a farmer the other day that that borders me, and he said he thinks. And this gentleman was probably seven years old. He said, "I think I'm going to see 300 bushel corn for the first time in my life this mm-hmm. year." He goes, "I've got." couple bottom fields that i think are going to hit 300 wow. and he, he's a really good farmer and he knows what he's talking about but he said I, i've hit 280 but i've never hit 300 so that's how good our summer was oh that's good will that relate to antler growth you expect but based on the pictures it, it definitely has um I'm, I'm seeing bigger deer this year than i've seen in the last three or four it, it's <laughs> good very, uh, i mean yeah i didn't know they got any bigger <laughs> damn you need to come to mississippi <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're big. I mean, I haven't had a picture of a of a deer that I thought would go 200 since 2016, and I had a deer in 15 and 16, one each in those two years that I thought would go 200. And this summer, I have pictures of two of them that I think will go 200. Ooh, wow! Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that is incredible. I I hope you get to run an arrow through I do through too. one of them. I tell you what, I would not want to be that deer. No, because he's he, on the assassination list. Yes, he knows that. Yes. And you know, you know, the coolest thing about both these deer—they're both on brand new farms. I ah. just went through a, a process where I sold one of my main farms, the, the farm that I've had for so long, and I was a Silver Bell. I ended up selling it, and in the process, I, I ten thirty one and, and bought some other farms. And both of these deer are somewhere that I'm not familiar with, and I don't know when they're there and when they are. So it's going to be a, a really cool fall trying to learn these deer and, and you know, play that chess match with them. Oh, that's a awesome. new project is yeah. always fun. Well, if anybody can do it, yeah. there's more. I have faith. One of them's going to hit the ground at least. <laughs> you know, uh, so before we let you go, Mark, Blaney may have another question, but I wanted to tell everybody that, you know, we – Everybody knows you and Terry and Matt and Taylor and the rest of the team are, are fantastic deer hunters, turkey hunters. But what they may not know is just how what fantastic people y'all are. And through the years, we've gotten to know you, and seen, we've seen how generous you are. If there's a cast member of one of your shows that's having a tough time, you guys step up to the plate. Y'all do so much with Catch a Dream. I, I just wanted to take a minute just to – uh, and I don't want to make you blush, but just to tell folks just what good people the juries are, because it 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 it's amazing. You know, Bobby, that that's that's probably the greatest compliment you can give us. We really appreciate you saying that. I mean, it, it really comes from we're all products of our environment, and my mom and dad were two of the most giving people and and loving people I've, I've ever been around. And Toxie and I talk about it all the time, the Ralph Fox rule. My, my father's name was Ralph, and, of course, today's Fox is 90th birthday, and we always used to talk back and forth, and we'd say, what would Ralph and Fox do? Yeah. You know, we were lucky to have the, ra- the raising that we had, and uh, it really comes from, from my mom, Lucille, and my, my dad, Ralph. I mean, they, you know, when we screwed up, dad's 
size 12 was in our butts, you know, and, and uh, they just taught us how to, how to be right and do right and do right by others. You know, that golden rule goes a long way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah, it does. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Ralph did a great job on on you and Terry, and because uh, uh, I'm I'm telling you, I, I've witnessed that in the 25 years I've been here, I've witnessed some stuff that you've done that didn't get the light of day, and it you know, and it doesn't need to get the light of day. But I just I know you've done it, and I've been super impressed. And you guys are great deer hunters, but maybe more important, y'all are great people. Well, we appreciate that, and the feeling is very mutual. That's why we love you guys, and I think that's why we have a relationship that spans 31, 32, yeah. mm-hmm. everybody down there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's like we're family, and we really we mean that. We don't just say it. We mean it. Yeah, Mark, what, uh, didn't you come down here uh, after college and spend some time one summer? when we? Uh, it was before my time here, too, so it had to be late 80s, early 90s. It was during my spring break in, in early March. Uh, it would have been probably March of 89, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I stayed at Toxie and Diane's house. I had met Toxie the previous month at the Natchez uh, World Voice Calling Championships for Turkeys. And uh, we hit it off, and, and I said, I'd love to go to work for you. And I basically said, I'm coming down over my spring break. I want to learn what this stuff's all about. And he invited me to stay with you and Diane. Ted Francis was a, a little bitty baby when I was there. Oh, that's cool. Did he let you turkey hunt when you were here? <laughs> he did. He did. He invited, he invited me back. Yeah, uh, I came. I came down and killed a, a gobbler at, at uh, Contra Lake with Randy Panic. That's oh, nice. Spring and Foxy came up and hunted with, with Terry and I. I say the following spring was just a few weeks later. And then Toxy came and hunted with Terry and I. And uh, that, that hunts on, on one of our first videos, uh, The Sound of Spring. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's it. You know, West Point, Mississippi or Panama City Beach. I think yeah. he made the, the, Mark the, made right, the right choice. choice. Yeah. Especially during March. <laughs> or at least after March. <laughs> <laughs> Oh me! Yeah. Well, what about you? Gonna let you uh, go wrong in West Park, March. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, what, you gonna hunt with your mom some more this year? That was my question. I got a lot of entertainment out of that. You gonna let her get her a shot at one of them two hundred inches? <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to take her again. She is such a blast and and such a blessing. Um, she, you know, when Dad passed away, we've done everything we could to make sure that we kept Mom active. You yeah. know, and, and make sure she knows how much we love her. And, and of course, when it comes to active with me, it's, it's not going to be on a beach. It's going to be in a stand somewhere. And she, she was glad to go. And, and in, a lot of folks don't know, but our background in terms of the outdoors, it didn't come from our dad. It came from our mom. She was raised on a farm with three other sisters. And, uh, I mean, they were, were literally the definition of dirt for four. I mean, they didn't, didn't have heat. And uh, she talks about, you know, waking up in the mornings with snow on their blankets coming through the roof. I mean, if you saw where she was raised, you wouldn't believe it. But, I mean, she'll get out there and get bloody, and she she has a blast. She taught me how to clean my first squirrel. She taught me how to build a box trap. She taught me how to clean my first rabbit when I was when I was a little child. So she uh, she gets it. She's been an out, outdoors person her whole life. But, albeit, there was a time there where she didn't go outdoors as much because Dad was not an outdoors person. But, uh, you know, we're sure making up for lost time now. She, she killed that 140-inch 13-point last year with a crossbow at age 86. So that was we'll so awesome. Can, uh, yeah, amazing. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Well, we always enjoy yeah, seeing I can't that. Wait. Thank you for asking that. No, Thank yeah. You. Yeah. She. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this has been a good show. Dudley, do you have anything else to ask? No, I've just enjoyed having you on board with us today, Mark. Yeah, we, man, I'll talk deer and spot anytime. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we we appreciate you taking time, and uh, we know you're really busy. But but we uh, we look we from from everybody at Mossy Oak and Toxie and the, the gamekeepers biologic. We just appreciate all that y'all do for us. The feelings very mutual. Like I said, you guys are family, and and we love you all dearly. All right, tell them real quick about the DeerCast app. DeerCast is something that we made available to the public about three years ago. This will be the third fall that it's available, and uh, we had tested it a couple seasons prior to that. And it's it's an algorithm that looks at the weather variables, 13 different weather variables, 
wherever you're at on an hour-by-hour basis, and it will spit out a prediction of how the deer are going to move. And uh, in addition to that, we've got a, a very advanced tracking algorithm within the app. Uh, we've got DeerCast Custom. We've got a news feed that uh, is going to have a, a really robust social media platform within it this coming fall, but it's growing for us. We have, uh, you know, it's, we have so many plans for the future as well with DeerCast, but it came out a few years ago, and it, it's been very, very widely received, and, and uh, people seem very, very happy with it. I always say if you take Onyx and DeerCast and put them side by side, you're pretty lethal before you even get started if you've never hunted a day because uh, there's a lot of information in, in those two apps. But I appreciate you asking about that. And When the podcast gets done, please send me a link, and uh, we'll throw it up within DeerCast so folks can, can find your podcast. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Well, look, thanks for thanks for being here today, Mark, and we look forward to look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. All thanks, right. Mark. Mark. Okay, boy, he he is a killer, though. Oh yeah, he's a killer. I mean, good grief, who kills giant whitetails on a consistent basis for the last twenty years? Mm. Uh, I can't. None. I can't think of anybody. None. Yeah. I mean, he is, and he is, uh, his attention to detail is astounding. You know, it that, really is. That's what I've always enjoyed so much about their shows is, is you, you learn so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just the hunt. It's, uh, you're going to learn how they do it and, and how they're successful yeah. year in and year out. And they, they don't hide anything. Mm-hmm. They, they share everything they, they learn. So the interesting thing from, what that I've seen from them is anybody can get lucky and kill a big deer every few years, you know. But, but, to but do Lanny, it, it may take you a little while. Well, you know, yeah, no, you know how but, hardcore I am. <laughs> but they, but they kill them every year, and, the and they get thing. a little bit bigger every year. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it will not surprise me at all if, if one day we get an email and he's he's. I'm expecting him to kill one or two two hundreds. It, 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 <laughs> it, it won't ex- surprise me at all for him to one day kill a deer that will just rock the whitetail world. I mean, Maybe. he could, he could, he could. Well, and more importantly than that, he's growing them, you know, and that's what he really gets excited about. And you can hear it in his voice, you yeah. know, when he when he talks about it. So that's why we, you know, he is one of the OGKs. That's for sure. Oh, I, I mean, I I would put him against. People oh, you, on public land too. Oh, they, no doubt they, about they, it. They just know how to find them. Mm-hmm. They really do. They know what they're going to do. Yeah. How they're going to react. Yep. What's that? What's that? They're going to be on their feet today, or they're not. They, they, well, they, and they, you know, we learn stuff from him even in Portland. You know, the sanctuary thing where he does not go into a specific area of his farms. Period. Drive nothing. You know, I couldn't stand it. I'd have to go through every little acre about every two days looking at stuff. But he won't, you know, doesn't go in there. And there's there's purpose in the way that he does it in his strategy. So his addiction to detail, maybe it's OCD, maybe that's what it is. But uh, I don't know. A lot of people can grow big deer, yeah. but uh, consistently doing what the, he does, putting them on the wall mm-hmm. is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and when you're at his level, I'm bragging on him a little bit now, but everybody's shooting at you, you know what I mean, for lack of a better term. So you have to go above and beyond to be sure that you're doing everything in the right way, and I they, know he does that. that. They, and they do that, they do all that. of them. Mm-hmm. They, they do it the correct way. I, it might be rumored, but I've heard that he has, on every one of his deer mounts, he's got the license, the tag on the back of it, like a picture of what to prove where he killed it and when he was, time stamp, date, and everything. I think you're exactly right. So he'll never, you know. And one of the ru- their rules for anybody that's a member of their team, that tag goes on it before you you move it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not used to that tagging thing around here. <laughs> <laughs> tag? I thought you yeah, put them in the truck and close the tailgate. Tag. Mississippi may be the last state without tag. We're we're having to call in turkeys now, you know, which is Mm -hmm. tough. (laughs) But uh, going back to the state game agencies, we need to do all we can as gamekeepers to keep it going, man. You know, I'm not a that uh, as the the older I get, the the less I like the honor system when it comes to reporting your your kill. I just see too many people take advantage of it. I'm on. I mean, you know. I'm going to tell the truth. I just ain't going to tell the whole <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man, especially public landing it, you know. Uh, 
What are you trying to say, Lenny? I'm going to give good general information. Specifics is going to be a little tough. Yeah. Vague. Well, no. Well, does anybody have anything to add before we close this one out? Anybody we need to thank? Anything we need to get people to do? I'm pumped about fall. Uh, I don't know if it's really thanking anybody, is it? <laughs> no. You know, so that really and truly around here, the next couple of weeks is just going to be more chaos trying to get all the seeds shipped. But it won't be long. September 1st will be here, and we'll try to shoot some doves. That's exactly what I was thinking about, a little dove season kick it off. So we do have a dove podcast. If you somehow missed it, it, it you can go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Number three. I've had a couple of people email me and say that they're listening to our podcast at night when they're trying to fall asleep, and it's a big help. To there us. we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. so maybe, maybe we found a niche where we can help people get to sleep. Get the night. rest. Yeah. All right, well, if that's it, uh, anybody else have anything to add? Just I'd say go to plantbiologic.com and mm-hmm. check out all our seeds, and nativenursery.com, check out our trees. And you if know, you, They're making a few available, so... And uh, if you don't subscribe to the Gamekeeper magazine, you are missing out. Please do. Gamekeeperclub.com. Yeah, and we're working on a new website, you know, for the Gamekeepers uh, magazine. So we're excited about that. Be, you know, with those projects, you don't like to throw a date out there. But get ready. Yeah, and don't forget to, to if you got a question, you can send it to askdud at mossyoak.com. Yay. Or call me. Yep. Well, you, if you want him to call you, that's I like good. talking on the phone. <laughs> hey, he is a pro. Let me tell you what. Yeah, he is. They're talking on the phone about trees and food plots and everything else, as is Austin. Uh, we got a got a great support staff here. Yeah, we do. We, we, we really do. All right, so let's wrap this one up. This one's in the books, and we'll uh, Numero be, back, four. be back next week. Quattro. Try to do another podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.